Yeah. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll just jump to that. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. I've also uh, looked at like video footage on YouTube and stuff of uh, this fire stuff, and it's, it's amazing. And, you know, usually you see in these fires, people are packing up. You can see the smoke in the distance. They're packing up their pickups full of stuff. In this case, it was uh, nature made the choice for you. You're either evacuating or you're going to die, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, oftentimes that you need to evacuate thing is a little overblown, in my opinion, for the government telling me to leave my house. But some people said, no, I'm staying. And then like 10 minutes later, I guess I'm leaving, mm. which was a good idea. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. Better than normally, actually, because a uh, uh, new Star Wars trailer was released last night. And, oh, boy, have I watched it probably half a dozen, uh, no, like 15 times. They debuted it on Monday Night Football? Yes, yes, because of the huge cross-section of Star Wars fans and professional football fans. Gleben. Has more to do with the fact that ESPN is owned by ABC, which is owned uh, by Disney, which owns Star Wars, so, gotcha. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, the, the internet is already uh, all abuzz with the new Porg characters. This is their latest attempt of a, a kind of cute, adorable style of character, a la the, the Ewoks, uh, done somewhat successfully. Jar Jar Binks, almost universally panned. I present to you the adorable Porg. What, what, what do you think about that little guy, huh? That is pretty cute. Now, is that the sort of thing they'll have toys in stores and stuff Guaranteed. like that? Guaranteed. Oh, you think? Guaranteed. Yeah, movies are just an excuse to sell toys. The art form is merely a commercial at this point. I've seen way more, for instance, cars, clothing, and toys than than the movie ever existed for children. I mean, still, um, all these years later. <clears throat> so, uh, just your overall feeling about the Star Wars movie? Oh, I, I'm more excited than I was before. It did, did a good job of kind of mm. it, it's positioning Luke as some kind of like aging paranoid hippie guy, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, so yeah, it, it comes out December fifteenth, so still only a couple months, still several months away. But uh, so those toys will be in stores then for yeah, Christmas oh, for sure. For oh sure. wow, good oh, that's a happy coincidence. Yeah. That's a good thing that <laughs> yeah. worked out. Yeah. Fortuitous yeah. circumstance. <laughs> yeah. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing. Very well, we have a trio of celebrity birthdays today from the worlds of entertainment and sport. Saved by the Bell star turned TV host Mario Lopez is 40 years old now. Man, he has turned that, you know, whatever success that show was yeah. into something. He's, he's everywhere all the time advertising something. His Ch- dimples are irresistible. <laughs> Chalked up a net worth of $16 million thus far. Good for him. You got football great Brett Favre, 47 now. His net worth, $100 million. $100 million. Big endorser. And David Lee Roth, Diamond Dave, 64 years old today. His net worth, at least $40 million. I was surprised it was that high, but apparently he made a pile of cash. From the 2007 Van Halen reunion tour. Might as well jump. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever heard classic rock radio. Their songs are still uh, omnipresent. And uh, as I recall, they're one of those bands, all songs written by Van Halen. So everybody uh, shared songwriting and publishing credits. Gotcha. Although with his incredibly unwise lifestyle decisions, it would not have surprised me if he were broke. Counterpoint. Um, How old is David Lee Roth? He is uh, 64 today. There you go. 64 years young. And what was the middle one? I had a comment on that. Uh, Brett. Brett. Oh, Favre. Brett, Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah, athletes, it's always amazing because, you know, he's been retired for it seems like forever, and he's still in his 40s because just the <laughs> wow. way athletics works. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. This is Tuesday, October 10th, year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Jack, in this country, we call athletics sports. Let's begin the show now. According, I thought he was in sport. He was slinging a football over, was, all over the place. I thought he was in sport. He wasn't in sport. 
All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. It was happening so quick. The flames, I mean, just there was 50-foot flames up right behind my house, and um, I could hear and feel the heat coming. 50-foot flames? Holy cow. You would think the uh, very gates of hell had opened upon you. You know, that's the name of my new uh, 50s doo-wop group, and I'm thinking i got to read it. Oh, wow. I, uh, it's unfortunate, because that's a cool name. Yeah, I know. And we're b- booked for several gigs. Our, what are our other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, a lot of old folks' homes. But they pay. Yes, Vice Marshall? President Pence in Northern California talking about the worst wildfires in state history. North Korea makes off with top-secret U.S.-South Korea plans to decapitate Kim Jong-un. What? <laughs> and Joe. Trump's... And Trump's Tuesday tweets and Tillerson taunt. Coming up at 6.35. Yes, we got more of that uh, drama going on. Whatever's going on there. Plus a fire special report to see what's going on. It's just crazy. I'm telling you, the western U.S. is on fire. Is this fitting with uh, climate change? I don't know. It depends who you ask. Everything does if you ask well, the right I'm people. asking you. Uh, I have no idea. You don't have a guess? I, no, I have no idea. It was super know. dry for several years, so there were lots of wildfires. And it was super wet last year, which caused a lot of vegetation to grow, which then dried out during the summer, because it always does, which caused a lot of fires. It was the windiest I've ever yeah. seen in my life. That was crazy. We'll be uh, getting up to date on all that stuff. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of aging sports stars, if you're old enough, you remember Mike Ditka, Chicago Bears player and coach. Coach Bears. Ditka. Yeah, my, my wife even knows Mike Ditka just from the Saturday Night Live stuff. But he weighed in on the kneeling during the anthem thing last night in explosive fashion. Excellent. On Monday Night Football. So we'll have that coming up for you a little later. That's what we need. Some good, old-timey, forceful non-subtle football coachy commentary. It's what America craves, Jack. What do old white guys think? Way to make it about race. Wow. 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 It's already about race. It's not about race? Sorry. I just... uh, So listen, uh, we're going to ask to beg the indulgence of uh, folks uh, for a moment or two uh, who are not in Northern California because the wildfire situation is so incredibly... Uh, dynamic and and quickly changing, and entire neighborhoods are being swept away and that sort of thing. Uh, We've asked an old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Brett Burkhart, to do a little special news, uh, a little special extra uh, news shot here, an update on the wildfires. Brett, uh, good morning. Uh, What's happening? Good morning. The evidence is still in the air all around the Bay Area that something terrible is unfolding in the North Bay, in Sonoma, and in Napa County, because you wake up, and if if you crack a window, it, the smoke will quickly fill up your house, even if you are in as far south as the South Bay area, the Morgan Hill, and the Gilroy area. So it's still very ominous. Uh, we're in an office building right now in San Francisco, and the air vents are just capturing that smoke, so you can't escape the smell of the dire situation that is happening in the North Bay. How many acres are we talking about at this point? All over uh, 120,000 acres all over California, but as far as the most devastating fire, it's the Tubbs Fire, and that is the one that spread into downtown Santa Rosa and probably made the most impact and had the most devastation as well. That's 27,000 acres. Wow. We are seeing entire neighborhoods uh, destroyed. Um, In many cases, the only thing left standing in these neighborhoods are the chimneys that serve as markers 
where homes once stood. Well, and I'm there looking, are, I'm looking at ahead. a picture right now of a neighborhood in Santa Rosa, Brett, where um, not even the chimneys are standing. The, the word firestorm has never been better illustrated than the picture I'm looking at right now. It's as if a tornado of fire swept through. And that's where the safes actually burnt up. Right, and combined the devastation of those two things. It's just, it's, it's unimaginable. A firestorm in the heat, and you're seeing just amazing um, pictures of some of the wreckage where metal melted, uh, where these homes once stood, and mailboxes are just uh, tweaked and warped uh, from the heat of this fire. The scary thing is, uh, we have 10 deaths so far, and they believe that that death toll will increase in the North Bay. And here's the ominous part is just in Sonoma County alone, families and friends filed 100 missing persons reports oh my overnight. God. Yeah. And so many of those, you know, were scattered into the into the wind because uh, of the quick evacuation. So it could be they're staying at loved ones. Um, you know, the, the cell service up there is terrible. Uh, many people don't have electricity, so communication is very limited. So hopefully... Um, loved ones will be reunited, but so far, at least 100 missing persons report in Sonoma County alone. And this happened so fast. It happened uh, on on Sunday night, and then by late Monday morning, most of this devastation had already happened. It was, it was just a, an incredible how quick it happened. How quickly it happened and how many different places it happened. 14 different places in Sonoma, in Napa, in Mendocino as well. That's uh, in Mendocino is where we got the first word of the first fatality from these fires that broke out Sunday night. But you're right. The speed was incredible, and and there were so many of them, and fire resources are stretched so thin all over California that there were instances where crews just didn't have the resources and had to let homes burn and had to actually make the decision, do we save this particular home or this particular business, or do we let it go? And the way they made that decision was, okay, are we going to put our crews in danger? Is there a defensible space around this particular home? And it's a good message for anybody that if you don't have a defensible space and firefighters have to make a choice whether to save your home or somebody else's, they're going to go with the one that has the defensible space. Well, that's a good right. thing to remember. Well, and with 30, 40, 50 mile per hour, per hour winds uh, blowing, uh, caution must be the top priority of you know the firefighters and their supervisors. So, Brett, listen, mm-hmm. you mentioned the near simultaneous outbreak in a number of different places. Now, granted, it hasn't rained for many months, and the winds were absolutely howling, which means every cigarette, every piece of machinery that could possibly spread Park is is a bomb waiting to go off. But is there any suspicion of arson or foul play here? They haven't even gotten to that point yet. Okay. But uh, they are factoring in the weather forecast for that for that evening. It was wicked. Sixty mile an hour wind gusts. Uh, there were down uh, trees, uh, uh, branches into power lines. So that could very well factor into the cause. But so many. Uh, under these types of weather conditions, Cal Fire uh, in, in California say, you know, that's not unusual to have many fires break out if you have a, a wind event like that. And given the conditions, some of these stories of survival and rescue are amazing. I don't know if you guys have heard about the CHP helicopter crew flying around last night. Under those weather conditions, under the smoky conditions, they were looking for roads where there was clearly a blockage and then looking for people trying to escape and actually landing the CHP helicopter and saving a family with a small child trying to escape the fast-moving flames. This is in the Atlas Peak area north of Napa County, which has spread overnight into the uh, Solano County area. Wow, you would feel like God himself had come to save you when that helicopter comes down out of the sky to pick you up. Yeah, no kidding. Shout out to those officers and everybody doing their best. Uh, The fabulous Brett Burkhart. Hey, uh, Brett, thanks a million. We'll keep checking back with you if that's all right. 
That'll be fantastic. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, man. Talk Thank to you, a sir. couple of people who grew up in Santa Rosa yesterday who said, my high school's gone. The high school I went to school, is just it, just it just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, what was so weird is, you know, I was watching the, the golf tournament that was taking place in Napa. And, uh, I, you know, I don't live terribly far from it anyway, but I was watching it and there was no inkling of any trouble. None whatsoever. And then I think it was an hour later. Uh, Napa was on fire and people were fleeing for their lives and entire neighborhoods had disappeared. And I was like, what the hell? How could the, with that speed? But it's the wind. It's the wind and all the vegetation. Mm. Anyway, well, I tell you what, and, and this, this probably is necessary for absolutely nobody. If the authorities tell you best to get out, this is, this is not like, you know, one of those hyper cautious, there's a hurricane three days away type things. This is, you know, fiery death is is is, is advancing with the speed of a, a car on a superhighway. It's insane. It's insane. Michael, transition music, please. We need to uh how do you how do you come out of that? People fleeing for their lives. I got something that will uh clear your mind. Did you see what Lindsey Graham tweeted yesterday? Oh no. Oh no. Senator Lindsey Graham, who's battled Trump a lot over the last couple of years. Right. Uh, they played golf together yesterday. Oh, that's fantastic. Finally, come in here. Lindsey Graham tweets out, great round of golf with Donald Trump. Had a great conversation. Trump shot a 72! Exclamation point. Wow. In the howling wind. Isn't that more or less giving the president what Harvey Weinstein asked for? On a regular basis. Are you, you saying you I mean? don't, are you saying you don't think he shot a 72? Well, he may have, but why would you mention it? If I played okay, with turn, a, turn, turn, please turn that off before everybody goes psycho. If I played with the president, on turn a, it off, especially on a really windy day, which I guess it was, and he shot a seventy-two, that might be the headline of my story. Yeah. And holy cow, he shot a seventy-two. That's going low. He's a player. I'll grant him that. Surely, I played in the wind the other day. I did not shoot a seventy-two. Sh- but surely, Lindsey Graham. I shot a seventy-two, then played the last five holes. Trump gave out Lindsey Graham's personal <laughs> cell phone number yeah. from the podium. Remember. <laughs> Which is one of the great moves in political history. It would surely Lindsey Graham wouldn't just be playing playing that game, would he? I don't know. They're politicians. That's wild. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking Lindsey Graham yesterday playing golf said, look, you know, I'm more or less on your side. This whole thing with Corker and Tillerson, this isn't doing you any good. Don't you think they had that conversation yesterday? I, I would think so. Uh, Senator Graham does not strike me as the sort of guy who would... You know, hold back and just curry favor. I have a feeling he just he's he's trying to be a counselor to him, right? Um, and so maybe said some harsh things. So here's you know push the limits of uh, what you say to the president, especially do you mean president on the golf Trump. course or on the golf course, okay. and then tweeted out the seventy two to try to you know we're still friends. Look, yes, I just tweeted out you shot a seventy two. That's what they call emotional intelligence, Jack. We'll see. You push him and then you reel him back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see, see how it ends. Perhaps in World War III, as Senator Corker suggested. <laughs> I have a feeling he regrets saying that. That was a little uh, pants-wetting hysterical, honestly. I mean, it's conceivable, but it's been conceivable every president who's been at loggerheads with Iran or, or North Korea or whatever. And yeah, I get that Trump is different. But, you know, all this World War Three chatter. Everybody needs to calm down. you have a comment on the golf, Sean? I think it might be one of the more brilliant political things because you get the in theory you get the president thinking okay maybe he likes me a few more points but you lose almost zero political capital by doing it so you, you kind of 
you, you, you increase your relationship with him, but you didn't cost you or your base, quote unquote, anything. You know, that's that's actually a good point. It is kind of clever because it's not like, you know, your hometown newspaper is going to say he shot a 79 or anything like that. <laughs> so, His hometown newspaper. Right, right. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, my little mic holder thingy here is crumbling. It's now broken in, in two spots. Oh, you're a little. We uh, weren't in this studio yesterday, and and now it's it's just absolutely falling apart. What the hell happened yesterday? Your little rubber stabilizers. Yeah, did my little uh, you know suspendy thingy. So the microphone, you don't want to hear it, you know, buffing it during the show. Right? It's buffeting. It's so distracting. I'm sorry, I misremembered to buy one. Really enjoyed a round of golf with President at real Donald Trump today. Lindsey Graham tweets: President shot a 73 in windy and wet conditions. Fake oh. news. Very difficult. 73 is still an amazing score for a 70-year-old on a windy day. Yeah, so amateur golfer. I, I salute him. I understand he plays a fair amount of golf. Shooting your age is one of those kind of golfing things that people want to kind of achieve at some point during their life. Yeah, my dad's come within, I think, one or two strokes, and uh, I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. That'd be super cool. He's now 130. <laughs> so, so an older guy can, could shoot a 73, you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I play with some guys who were uh, late 60s, early 70s, who just, they oh, my God, they hit the hell out of the ball. They're really good players. Uh, so it's, it's the great thing they've always said about the game, is you can play it until you're more or less immobile. Trump would be the best golfer we've ever had as a president, then, wouldn't he? Oh, by a long shot, yeah. yeah. Of course, he had the By one of his long, powerful shots. I mean, really powerful, believe the, me. He had the advantage of growing up uh, in a country club atmosphere. And yes. Probably a lot of lessons and that sort of stuff. Exactly. And like plays whenever he wants. Somebody like Eisenhower, you know, he was busy planning the whole D-Day thing. He didn't have much time for... Exactly. Owned Bill very Clinton. few golf courses. Clinton, yeah. Chase, and Tail. <laughs> it's full-time work. Clinton, the greatest cheater in uh, presidential golf history, according to everyone who's ever played with uh, it. I understand Trump has rather a loose view of the rules, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What would you do if you owned the golf course? Strictly by the rules. <laughs> Strict rules of golf, Goldfinger. <laughs> Marshall's News coming up next. Then we'll get to Mailbag on the Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, Lindsey Graham's follow-up tweet to Great Round of Golf with the President today, he shot a 73 in windy and wet conditions, was, I actually did better in the presidential race than I did in the go- on the golf course today. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. A little humble. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, California indeed on fire. 20 wildfires burning right now. Thought to be some of the worst in the state's history. At least 11 people killed, 100 people missing. Thousands forced to evacuate their homes in Northern California, and another major fire is burning in Southern California right now in Orange County. Vice President Mike Pence in Sacramento last night taking a moment to recognize the devastation. The federal government stands ready to provide any and all assistance to the state of California as uh, your courageous firefighters and first responders uh, confront this widening challenge. Uh, We're aware of the 15 fires currently burning across Northern California, and and when we were in Southern California today, we saw additional wildfires. And again, that's that one burning in Orange County. Pennsylvania. So, so with the 60 mile an hour wind, the the, uh, yeah. the the fires were spreading so fast, started right. and spread so fast. Right. It's not like one of those fires where you like uh, a couple of days beforehand. There's warnings you may have to evacuate or anything. Depends like that. on which way the wind blows, Jack. Yeah, right. There there are, there are lots of people. 
who just went to bed with fire not on their mind at all. Right. And were woken up in the middle of the night with, you got to go now. And we got these texts. I found out my brother and my wife were one of the many who lost their house yesterday. They were woken up at 1 a.m. and had five minutes to get out. Oh. Oh. Uh, another text. My friend's parents got woken up at 1.30 a.m. and told to get the hell out. They drove through flames in their neighborhood to escape, lost everything they have, including the family winery. Wow. Wow. By the time they were warned, there were already flames in the neighborhood. Crazy. That'd be something. Boy. On another uh, matter, South Korea says a trove of classified military documents were stolen by North Korean hackers. The compromised documents include the wartime contingency plans drawn up by the U.S. and South Korea. No way. As well as a plan to assassinate North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un. So speaking of D-Day, the Germans hacked in and got the plans for how we were going to invade and where. I mean, that's just unimaginable. How do we not do a better job of protecting our stuff? I don't know. Plans for South Korea's special forces were also reportedly compromised, along with information on power plants and military facilities in the South. I would like to talk to government IT guys and see what they're up against. I mean, I know how it is in in a corporation where you have frustrations. You say, look, we need budget for this piece of equipment. They say there is no budget. I just wonder what it's like. I'd like to talk to private IT guys and see if they would say they're like 30 years behind the latest technology. Yeah, I wonder. President Trump's Tuesday Twitter blast is taking aim at a number of issues, including health care reform. Trump tweeting this morning, since Congress can't get its act together on health care, I'll be using the power of the pen to give great health care to many people and fast. Trump also wants a change in regulations and give the NFL tax breaks. He's continuing his attack on the NFL over the continued player protest during the national anthem. He tweeted this morning, change tax law, exclamation point. And Trump is also challenging Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to compare IQ tests. If Tillerson did indeed ever call Trump a moron, as reported, Trump is telling Forbes magazine, I think it's fake news, but if he did that, I guess we'll have to compare IQ tests, and I can tell you who's going to win. Wow. Yeah, okay. Wow. Trump and Tillerson expected to have lunch uh, later on today with Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. <laughs> that so Sean's trying to dig up an online IQ test we can all take. Maybe uh, maybe somebody can induce the Donald to build a golf course on the high road, and he can get familiar <laughs> with it and get more comfortable there. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I can't yeah, tell well, you that. Well, so that that was that came out of the whole Tillerson calling him a moron, yes. right? Yes. Yes. moron. Yes. That's what yes. drove the conversation. Right. Oh, yeah, he called me a moron. I have a higher IQ than him. Yeah. That that's that's what it was. Right. We'll see you as a moron air, huh? Yeah. I challenge him to take an IQ test. Now, that'd be good some TV, huh? You have a president of the United States and a secretary of state. We've sent them both into a closed room with just a pencil or however you take an IQ test. Right. going to have a New York Times crossword puzzle, a series of mathematics problems. Hosted by Ryan Seacrest for some reason. <laughs> yes. Right. Several questions of logic. Oh, good. He got another gig. <laughs> and they come out and they release the score. Right. Right, right after this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And the winner dances around with his fist in the air, and the yes! other, the loser bows yes! their head, right. puts on a dunce cap. Right. Yes, <laughs> I love this. Let's do it for charity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious.
yeah, so I mentioned uh, legendary football coach and player Mike Ditka weighed in on Monday Night Football last night in a strong way on the whole flag controversy and kneeling. And a bladed mailbag coming up in a moment or two. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Class A, moron. Explosive charged book about Bill and Hillary and... Uh, no sure boy. or not, I know. It's from Ed Klein, who's uh, been written about the Clintons for many, many years. He's a respected journalist. We'll see if it's true or not, but Hill and Bill don't agree on her apology to her, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, they aren't even speaking over it. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. So uh, stay tuned for that stuff. It's kind of good gossip. Do we yeah, know they were speaking right? before that? <laughs> no, we don't. Actually. And it's a book? Yeah. Yeah. Is there enough for a book? I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Uh, mailbag. Belated mailbag. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael. Hey, you know what? Just uh, shopping online for shoes again, are we? Did you find something nice? <laughs> I found Maybe some some, boots. something for the, <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> mailbag. Hi. Something with Apparently. a closed toe for fall. <laughs> Apparently, Michael didn't get the word of the altered schedule. It happens. So, uh, alert listener Sean, indifferent Sean, he says. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, send us along a link to Mike Rowe's recent podcast. Uh, the way I heard it, it was um, it's it's about the national anthem and standing for it, and that's it. And it has some history in there, and it's really quite beautifully done. And we have it posted for you, or will any second now at ArmstrongandGettyRadio.com. It's really good work. Shout out, Mike Rowe. Nice job, Mike. Now, if we might switch musically, Michael, from this jaunty tune to the. Traditional music here on the Armstrong and Getty Show of the ancient, the beautiful Japanese art of the haiku. The five syllables, the seven, the five. Wow. Why? Ask a Japanese guy, I don't know. No wonder they lost the war. Because with structure comes creativity. Go ahead, Joe. Never forget, Sean. This has to do with uh, the new segment on the show. Marshall Phillips... Fecal matter with Marshall Phillips. That's right. We were going to call it. because he inevitably does these these stories at the end of the news about what's dirty and what's not. Your computer keyboard could have fecal matter and on it, it. Always ends with fecal matter. Your cell phone. Fecal matter. It's fecal matter with Marshall. There you go. <laughs> we got it. Uh, we just about got it together. Anyway, this is uh, the fabulous Skip and Benicio with the new segment haiku. <clears throat> It's a new segment. Fecal matter with Marshall. Can't have too much poo. Wow. The Japanese art of the haiku, everyone. Which apparently people like. The haiku. The beautiful, the ancient, high freaking coup. 575, it checked out. Appreciate the uh, finger clicks like it's a poetry jam. Timothy writes, Dear A&G, just a suggestion. If Marshall's going to be doing a weekly fecal matter story, you should do it on Friday. Fecal matter Fridays just has great alliteration to it. Additionally, what better way to end a week of digesting all your wit and witticisms? Is that redundant? Then for Marshall, nah, see, that's coarse, Timothy. You're better than that. That is I'm coarse. Not. Digesting and at the end is terrible. <laughs> Local honey didn't work. We were talking allergies yesterday, mm. but straight bee pollen did. This is another Sean writing about the success, gave up the drugs, blah, blah, blah. I understand you're supposed to chop a line of bee pollen and snort it up with a $20 bill like that Miami Dolphins coach <laughs> did. I understand that was bee pollen. 
And uh, and that does you. So I don't know. Maybe honey works for some people. We're going to have bees at our house, I think. And uh, I remember last time you you had, I guess it was wasps at your house. Yeah, that well, was unintentional. Yeah, exactly. In the in the roof, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we're going to have honey bees so we can have honey, our own honey. And uh, apparently the biggest problem with having bee boxes, maybe if you ever drive rural roads, you see those along fences, those white boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, high school kids go and knock them over all the time. That's oh, the really? biggest problem the industry has is high school kids knocking them over. And and, and don't the bees, like, swarm and sting them to death? Can Fair. you train them to do that? Apparently not. That's such a f- I know. stupid effort. Do you have thing to pay to more for those bees? How does that work? Uh, pay more for the ones that attack the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the vigilantes? That's, that's so pathetic. It is. I mean, even when I was in high school, I thought, I'm not going to break something just because I can. That's stupid. You know, yesterday at school, my uh, my second grader, he was in the car, and he's kind of quiet as I'm driving home, and uh, he said, uh, well, I almost said the kid's name. Glad I didn't. It's this kid that he doesn't like, and this kid obviously has problems anyway, but they were all admiring a snail they found on the ground, and this kid came up and squished it. Oh, my God. And my son was really upset about that. Yeah. I talked about how some people are just like that, and yeah. it's awful. And Kids either headed for some sort of healing slash counseling or jail, probably. Oh, I've told him, because I've known this kid for years, that kid's headed to jail. Yeah. So I've told him, this, this is a kid that's headed to jail uh, in his life, and uh, wow, that's the way it goes. Wow, wow. On the topic of birth control, paying for it, access to it, insurance, etc. Oscar writes, it saves money to pay for it, controls the population. What the hell? What the hell indeed, my friend. What? Well, well-constructed argument. Hell. What the hell? HIV intentionally, knowingly transmitting HIV is no longer a felony in California. It's a misdemeanor. And that is, according to the lame brains who passed it, some sort of tip of the cap to gay fellows and how we're treating you like anybody else. And, and yes. And not just person to person. This applies and extends to blood donation, too, correct? Right. Knowingly donating yeah. blood. That's crazy. Not knowing it. It is absolutely crazy. And we said, listen, there's people who love everybody. is is people with gay friends, coworkers, you know, musical associates, whatever. The idea that this is doing anybody a favor, I just don't get it at all. Well, we got this uh, night f- uh, note from Michael. Angie, on your HIV subject, I'm a gay man in San Diego, not pleased with making it a misdemeanor. Treatment over a lifetime is a burden and financially expensive, costing a felony amount. Yeah, and Michael, not to mention Good the point. side effects and the challenges of the cocktail of drugs. Lastly, the stigma is terrible. Gays lie about, oh, it's fine, but it's not. And it's just human nature in the way it is. The proposed, the proposer's logic of trying to decriminalize it is flawed because if they truly think exposing someone to HIV isn't a crime, why not make it okay and get rid of the misdemeanor? Love your show. Thank you, Michael. I, I'm telling you, it's, it seems like a terrible, terrible assault on somebody to do that to them. Would you rather be punched in the face or be given HIV? Seriously. Everybody. Oh, it's not even close. Well, one's a not even battery. Close. I mean, simple battery, 9-volt battery. I don't know. What am I, a cop over here? But, yeah, it's not even close. I've been hit in the face before. You end up okay in most cases. Um, I don't want the heavy. Good Lord. Man, Cal Unicornia. It will be studied by future scholars. A state that lost its mind. On the Weinstein topic, Brian writes, I'm sorry to say that my son who's trying to get jobs in the movie industry, stopped going to auditions because he got tired of being asked for sexual favors. Wow. He's currently working in another industry. 
And we were talking before. We have it on very, very good authority. From men, I assume? or uh, I'm guessing so. I don't know. Men, women, whatever. But we have it on really good authority. Because if it were women and you were straight, you'd probably just keep it secret and say, this is the greatest town ever. I don't know. I don't know. Really? Yeah. It's demeaning. I don't know. Exploitive. And, when I was a young man, if I'd, have got, if I'd have gotten into an industry where when you apply for a job, the chick asks you to have sex with her, I'd have thought, well, this is interesting. <laughs> I don't right, think I'd have felt demeaned. <laughs> but we have Jack is soft on sexual assault and harassment here, everybody. Let's label the podcast <laughs> in that way, Sean, so people can find it easily. I'm, I'm out of work, and this woman wants to have sex with me. This is awesome. She's going to give me a job, <laughs> and I'm going to get laid? <laughs> No, but we have it on good authority. The child molestation is rampant. It's just, it's an entire industry full of harassment and demands of sex. And they keep their mouths shut about it. More on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.